0: Hey, 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 welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK. So I am on a roll. This is like my second episode this week, um, but it feels really, really good to be back. The fourth quarter feels really, really good. I don't know about you, but this year went by extremely fast, but it was some epic milestones. I know that our community, um, the clinicians have experienced some epic jumps in their business, client caseload, saying no to people, being able to say no to opportunities. And you may be wondering if this is your first time maybe tuning in, why is she talking about saying no? And um, saying no is really important because if you're not aligned with the opportunity, the client and or the investment, then why would you spend your time? Your time is wealth, right? Your time is worth money. And so make sure that you're making decisions based on what you where you want to go. And that's something that actually I tapped into our text community about last week is making sure that you make decisions today based on where you're going in the future, right? Because some of us make decisions based on where we are today, and sometimes we're not in the best place today. Uh, Maybe we're in a poverty mindset today, and then you make a decision based on somebody who's in lack, all right? So if this is your first time tuning in, I want to say thank you. If you're a returnee, you know, I love you, right? So let's dive into it. I've received a lot of questions about uh, me being private practice. And actually what sparked this is that one of my clients, my coaching clients said, Oh man, I didn't even know that you still had therapy clients. And I was like, okay, let's be clear. I don't have a lot of them. I really only serve clients. Not I really. I only serve clients who were already my existing client and I'm no longer on insurance panels. And so my clients, um, half of them used to be insurance panel clients. So some of them have to now pay out of pocket and then I provide them with a PPO. They turn it into their insurance panel, but I am only taking referrals for existing clients. Okay. Now it doesn't mean that I don't get new clients, quote unquote, but my clients are now more organizations. And so our community and on Instagram get very surprised. I think when I talk about working in the community, specifically the re-entry population, it just always, I think, intrigues people. Um, So I wanted to give you some back history about how I took my private practice on wheels into the community, and then I integrated it and AKA moved it into a nonprofit arena. But it doesn't mean that I am a nonprofit, okay? So I've had a private practice now as of July, 2022 of 10 years. Within that 10 years, I had a group practice for five years, very successful, had up to eight clinicians at any given time, along with two admin back office team members. Um, And then once I had my son, technically when I went on bed rest, that's when I started to really slow down. And I just decided that the next season of my life, also with some political and logistical things going on in the state of California, related to having to switch over from w9 and w2 which we had actually done that way before the um, group practice but i found there was an issue if you've heard some of my past episodes with clinicians just getting licensed and not really understanding how business works in private practice and i had a really hard time finding a a clinician who honestly had good time management skills with like filling out paperwork to start and get onboarded and then i also was running into an issue with clinicians not really believing that I could not pay them W-9 based on the way my business was structured and that I would need to pay them W-2, which means that they would not be getting paid as much as they thought they were going to get paid. And so because all those things were happening and I was really also building coaching programs behind the scenes, but not really promoting it to anyone, I just decided that my energy was moving in a different direction and that I needed to intuitively follow it. Also, at that time, I was teaching... At two schools, let me say back in 2020, this was even before the pandemic. So, in the beginning of the year, because I set my goals. So, I was working at two institutions and I had been teaching for over 16 years at that point. Um, now, in 2020, I did realize that something was off, uh, meaning I was not in full alignment and I couldn't put my finger on it. But three years prior, I had made the decision that my business would start moving online even before 2020 had occurred. So, I started doing workshops in the community, I started connecting with um, a nonprofit, they end up making me their go-to person for trauma-informed care and then end up training their staff. And I have some episodes on that as well. During 2020, along with me feeling like something was still out of alignment, I was on the advisory board council, or I still am for the Boris L. Henson Foundation. um, And they're also a nonprofit for mental health. I was getting speaking engagements virtually. And before that in person, I was also hosting a variety of masterclasses or webinars online. And of course, building courses and coaching programs for mental health therapists. And then also, honestly, some non-mental health providers. And I definitely was out of alignment with that. So during 2020, I think that all of us had enough time to like think, right? And I realized that I wanted to make a bigger impact in my community. And that's when I started to niche down. So as I started looking at where my time was going, I quickly recognized that most of my restrictions were. We're not with the various streams of income because those were on an as-need basis. Like I don't have to teach each semester, right? So I had seniority at that point, but I realized that the more and more that I was providing one-on-one therapy to my clients, whether it be virtual or back in the day in the office, that was taking up a lot of my hours in the week alongside of seeing some of my clients um, one on one. And that is still to, I'm going to say 2022. I had a good amount of clinicians that I was seeing one on one throughout the year. And that, I'm not going to say that it did not catapult their business, but I can say that working in a group actually catapulted their business way faster than being limited just to your coach. Even though I know I'm good at what I do, being in a mastermind, for example, or a group coaching call, if you got the right people in there, you can actually walk away with way more tangible and intangible uh, strategies and ideas and mindset shifts because you're talking to multiple people in addition to myself, right? So I realized that my schedule and my time and my money was being restricted by me doing so many one-on-one services, especially for therapy. So, before I was pregnant, I ended up having two surgeries, had a whole three-part episode podcast on that. During that time, I started to decrease my caseload. Then when I got pregnant, I just, and when I say decrease, I just did not fill up spots. So um, when I was pregnant, I started to decrease my caseload. Then during the pandemic, my goal was in 2020 to decrease my caseload to the point where I would only have about six clients and I would really dive 90% of my time into my coaching program. And then my give back for the money that I was making in my therapy business, coaching business, alongside of teaching. Sometimes I, to me would be able to create the time to give back to these nonprofits because that to me is part of my bigger impact. And so of course, what ended up happening during the pandemic is that my private practice low Because again, if you have not heard the previous episode on my human design, have a hard time saying no, I just kept saying yes, yes, yes. Now let me be clear. I was saying yes to my ideal clients, but I should not have been saying yes beyond the threshold that I really wanted. But we were in a state crisis, a country, a global crisis. And I know that also it's not a lot of clinicians of color at the time that were providing therapy on the spot. right? And I was also not just taking private pay. So that opened me up to a lot of clients. And so I ended up building up my caseload, like back to where it was before I started decreasing it. And I was still doing my coaching, but let's be real at the end of 2020, I was like dog ass tired. Right. And I realized while diving more into my coaching, launching my coaching programs more and really empowering more therapists to go out there and see clients. Yeah. They won't see my clients, but I know that that's a bigger impact because versus me seeing 20 clients, if I can get 20 other people to see 20 clients each, that's a bigger impact. And I wanted to spend my time doing that full time, right? And then taking my other time, maybe 10% of my time a month and making an impact in the mental health world in one to many. So because I made that decision and I started saying no to opportunities that was not aligning with where my vision of me and my business is going. I started, I'm not going to say miraculously, I believe it was manifested, but I started to get opportunities, um, like being written into grants. And so as I mentioned earlier, I work with the re-entry population and they're in South Central Los Angeles. And initially it was, they had an existing grant. They needed to fill the spot of having a provider. I had already had a relationship with them. So they caught me in a do one. They realized that I hit it off really well with their, you know, with the audience, the cohorts of men and women that were coming out of jail or prison. And so they just kept having me come back every month when they would get another cohort. And then all of a sudden, I just found myself being written into grant after grant after grant. And for for me, it's nice because I still am able to dictate based on me saying yes or where and how I'm going to spend my time. So for example, I've had nonprofits position me and say, or organizations and say, we're really looking for a clinician or a psychologist who can do one-on-one therapy. And I'll tell them that's not me. However, this is what I can offer you because I'm very quick with my words and I know my value and I know my worth and I know listening to them and doing my homework about agencies on their website. I can also potentially see the gaps based on what they need. And so I can bring to the table trainings or workshops. And the way that I present my information is that I highlight how I'm also looking out for their pockets because a lot of agencies don't even realize what it takes to do a therapy group or do one-on-one sessions. All they see is that you're showing up for somebody for a 45 minute session. They don't realize that you also got to pay me for the time it takes to do the intake, to type up the paperwork, to type up the treatment plan, maybe to collaborate, to consult with your case managers about this case. Like they don't take any of that in consideration. What about doing a group? They don't consider you should be doing an intake on every single group member for therapy because you want to know what you're dealing with, right? Because somebody can monopolize the time of the whole 60 minute session. And so for myself, I started moving away from one on one and my entire business, even my coaching program has completely done a significant shift in the last 12 months, where in 2023, we are again enhancing our coaching programs, specifically the mastermind, but we've removed a lot of the one-on-one and we've replaced it with more support as a group. But the way that we structure it is very, very similar or comparable to DTA, where I kid you not, when I decided to just dive in, restructure our coaching program with the course component, because it's a hybrid, and then also be able to offer um, more group in-depth topic discussions, it became more valuable for my clients because they didn't need one-on-one because I gave them a different way of how to show up in a group. And so we're doing the same thing for our mastermind. And we tested it out with a few students this year with like some smaller groups or even seeing what happens in the mastermind. And it's the same thing when you get the right people in the right room and you bring up the right topics and you help them take the time to dive deep and talk about those things and process it, then they actually move faster because they are also now accountable for other people. So that wraps up today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed me just taking you a little bit more behind the scenes and answering the common question that I get in terms of why and how I moved my private practice to a nonprofit. And some people just ask, do you still do therapy? Um, I hear you saying clients, but I'm not sure if you're talking about therapy or coaching clients. And so bottom line is I still see therapy clients. It's not as frequently as a regular, even part-time private practice, but nevertheless, I still get my need met working with who I deserve or not deserve, but choose to work with. And I love it. Okay. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode, share it with one or two other therapists. Um, make sure that if you're not already following or subscribe to this podcast episode that you do so, because that tells the platform that people are loving it. And then they will share it with other mental health providers. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. com.